0: The frontman for a southern rock band joins us on the Music Universe Podcast.
1: Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I'm great. It feels like forever since we've sat down to do this. It won't feel like forever to our listeners, but I just completed a move. and yeah. <sighs> just needed to do that.
0: <laughs> I guess it's uh, finally over and you're settled in?
1: Well, I'm settled in, but it's like, oh, I need that. Oh, I need that. Oh, I need that. Mm-hmm. Oh, where'd my money go? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that That's the <laughs> quickest one you'll realize you lost. Yeah. <laughs> I need this <laughs> for my kitchen. I need that for my dining room. I need that for my living room. I need that for my studio. I need that for the bedroom. <laughs> what? what, what, what? <laughs> and then I look at my bank account and it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Blackstone Cherry today, and you did this one by yourself. Tell me about it.
0: Yeah, you know it's Halloween week. The album is out today. It's a, uh, it's called The Human Condition, and it was recorded right before COVID hit. And uh, I believe they did some finishing up, uh, you know, during it because they were uh, isolated and stuff. But uh, you know, we got frontman Chris Robertson with us. He's vocalist and guitarist. We talk about the process of the album. Um, in fact, he was picking up his uh, son from school whenever uh, I called him. So um, he kind of did this from from the vehicle. But um, we talk about everything, including uh, the influence Eddie Van Halen had on him. Uh, we haven't, you and I, haven't recorded uh, an intro or outro since Eddie passed, and, uh, you know, we, we thought about discussing it more, but um, I thought, uh, you know, I'm interviewing a guitarist, let's get his thoughts. So um, you get to hear that at the end of the interview, so uh, it, it's pretty heartfelt.
1: That is great. It seems like we should not waste any
2: time, and let's get right to it.
0: Welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you doing, my
2: friend? I'm doing good, man. You know, the, the weather's decent here at home, and... Uh... You know, things could things could always be worse. i know the world's in a in a very uh you know unflattering state right now but things could always be much worse.
0: yeah, now is home kentucky? yes sir. Yeah. And uh, right before we got on, you're you, you were actually picking up your kids. So does that, uh, I know they're back in school and you were just kind of telling me how that process goes with them, but does that make you nervous at all that they're attending in person when this thing is uh, still, as fall hits, could ramp it?
2: It, it, it does. Um, and ultimately it came down to, we sat down and had a long uh, discussion with our son about, you know the the risk and everything and how he would have to you know listen to all guidelines and rules at school if he went and it ultimately came down to him wanting the interaction of of his you know people his age you know i mean it's me him and his mom and she's a nurse so you know she's working she's been working the entire time regardless you know I, i'm not allowed to work anywhere. Um, so, you know, we're, um, it, you know, we're, we're making do with what we can in every situation with the best of every situation, but it's, it's not been the easiest, but I mean, man, letting him go to school, um, you know, and, and I got to say that the school district has been very good about everything. And there was one case um, that came up with a faculty member's family and they shut the school down. Um, The the school was, they they went to online learning um, immediately, Um, and the next, the week following, the the week they went to online was fall break, so there was a two-week and 14-day quarantine, and, uh, I mean, they monitor the number of cases in the county daily. Um, They're doing everything the best they can, man, to provide some kind of normalcy for these kids, and I really hate it, man, for, you know, like, the seniors and stuff that they've worked their whole lives for senior year, you know, thus far, anyways, to, to, to what they know of life so far. They've worked for senior year and now it's, you know, the kids from last year didn't even get to finish theirs. These are, you know, having to do it through, you know, uncertain circumstances. It's just uh, it's a weird time in the world, man, for everybody really.
0: Yeah, and I I think that normalcy is something we're all trying to get back to. Um, It's definitely necessary, and especially with these kids. But, um, you know, you you said that you're not allowed to work, and that's what's sad, because whoever thought that music would ever basically stop in its tracks, you know, and not musicians aren't able to go do what they've only known to do.
2: Oh, dude, I would have never thought in my lifetime that, I would have to go eight months without playing a concert under anybody's conditions other than my own, um, you know, unless it was an extended break or something that we were taking just to relax, um, you know. And it's it, it's been difficult, you know, but I, I you have to find positivity in every situation. And for me, you know, I'm I'm almost to the school line now to pick them up and. It's been, it's been being able to take my kid to school and bring him home and watch him grow up, you know? I mean, dude, he, he turned eight years old October 11th, and I've been home for eight months, just over eight months right now, and this is the longest span of time we've ever had together since he was born. Um, so, you know, that's that's been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, I got some family members that aren't in great health, and Being able to be with them has been amazing as well. Um, But still, it's, you know, we're still craving that normalcy. I mean, I've only known one kind of way of life for the last 15, 16 years. And um, to the unforeseeable future, that's completely gone, you know. And I mean, we got a couple shows coming up that are, uh, you know, socially distanced. And uh, we got one coming up this weekend that's a socially distanced pod style concert. and then we've got one coming up uh, a couple of weeks from now that is a uh, that's a drive-in uh, style concert. And who knows what those are going to be like, man? But at least it's something to uh, to to do, and, and and some little, however small, piece of piece of a normal life and back to uh, who we are. That we can we can grab and I'm going to hold on to it for good life, man.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now, were you guys, um, you know, I, I know you guys spent some time recording this album. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes, but have you guys done any type of uh, live stream events?
2: Uh, we haven't aired anything yet. We did film uh, a concert a couple days ago. That is what my voice sounds like it does now. <laughs> um, but it was uh, the first time we got to play together in eight months, man. Um, you know, cause when we did the record, we multi-track everything and, and track individually, um, but but man, it, it uh, getting to play music for the first time in eight months with those dudes was absolutely unreal. But we filmed a show that we are gonna broadcast um, the, the day the record comes out.
0: Yeah, and that's October thirtieth. It's called The Human Condition, and um, it's uh, you know tell us about it. I mean, it, it, I'm hearing that it you guys started recording it during the uh, when the pandemic actually started to kind of plummet the world, right?
2: Man, we went in at the end of February. Um, and, you know, like it wasn't really a, a major breaking thing until what was it? End of March, really, when it when it kind of took hold of everything. Um, so we were in the studio as it's starting to unfold and we're starting to see and we're like, man, I mean, what is going to be like, and then towards the end of uh, the end of March, we started getting all the cancellations, and we're like, oh, hey, here we go." Uh, you know, something is obviously that this is bigger than, than we know, and um, it was weird, man. You know, but I I think that uncertainty and everything lent its uh, lent its hand to the record, um, and, and in a way that you know contributed something that I think would not have been there otherwise.
0: And you mentioned that you guys tracked it. What was it like as lockdown orders went into effect? I mean, did you guys have it finished by then, or were you guys just kind of doing going one at a time or just a minimal crew?
2: Well, essentially the, the way the guidelines were in Kentucky, um, and we made it through the entire record this way, uh, the, the closest we got was when they had the limiting groups to 10 people or less. Um But there were six of us in the studio. So there was the four of us in the band. Jordan Westfall, who engineered, executive produced, and mixed the record. And then Mark Owens, who was uh, drum tech and studio tech and second engineer. Um, Those were the people that were there every single day. And then, you know, we had our techs that were there in the beginning. But, man, you know, it was was just the six of us. We all knew where we were going, staying every day. Everybody was, you know, doing the best they could with the guidelines. Um, And we kept on tracking, man through it and finished up what little bit we had to and then our uh, and then jordan had to go home uh back to missouri and i remember talking to him on the way home and he was like man it's like a zombie movie he's like there's nobody on the interstate
0: man it, it that that gives me chills you know, i'm i'm from missouri so i know what that <laughs> what it should look yeah. like too you know um yeah
2: dude you, you gotta think he was traveling from you know bowling green kentucky over to, to st louis yeah um
0: it's about where you I'm know. from, yeah.
2: And because uh, he was, I think he was St. Charles, that area.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a little, uh, yeah, a little uh, kind of west of uh, St. Louis there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not a fun drive. I mean, I've done that drive. It's uh, yeah, it's not man. fun. I, you know, um, what is it? It's, uh, twenty four there, and uh, yep. it's usually just packed. I mean, I I used to go to Nashville from St. Louis, and it was just packed with car so i i can only imagine feeling like that oh
2: yeah dude i mean you know i guess the weird thing for me man was like my wife asked me to go to the store with her uh, when we got out of the studio just to help her you know with some of the heavier stuff so i went and we would go to get stuff and she said she told me she goes before you go in here understand that this isn't like because the the groceries we have around here are Bexley WalMarts, I mean that's right. Those are the biggest grocery stores around where we're at, um, and we got to drive twenty miles to get to one of them. Wow! So, so we drove to Walmart and we get in, and she's like, "It's not going to be what you're used to." And I remember just stuff being so empty, and I'm like, "Why are people hoarding this stuff?" When I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was kind of sad to see humanity just let go of their complete. Regard for each other, you know, it was just kind of like, Oh, yeah, screw you. I got mine, man.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if it, I'm sure it was everywhere out here. I mean, you, you, oh. couldn't, you couldn't find toilet paper, paper towels, anything essential. It was,
2: Same it was thing, gone, dude. Same thing. Yeah. I remember we had a, uh, John had bought like one of the big 48 roll things of toilet paper for the studio. Um, cause you know, like when you got a studio, you just stock stuff every now and then.
0: Sure. And I remember he had one of those He he's like, Man, if anybody
2: needs anything, just go in there and grab something. I was like, dude, thank you.
0: Yeah, right. So,
2: you know, but it uh but no, dude, it got really, really weird for, for a long time. And it it it's unfortunate, man, because the world is full of brilliant, amazing people. Like we can do better than what we've been doing on all fronts.
0: Absolutely. And is that where the title comes from, The Human Condition, just based on your experiences through this weird pandemic?
2: Man, that title came from our bass player, John. We were listening back through some of the tracks one day before getting started on another one, and uh, we were talking about the songs, and John said, man, it's just like The Human Condition. There's a song for every aspect of life on this record. And we all kind of turned around and were like, well, there's the album title. He said, what do you mean? We said, The Human Condition. That's the album title and it, it just stuck you know it seemed to encompass the record perfectly
0: yeah yeah so tell us about uh, some of the songs on it I mean you guys are just hardcore southern rock it, it's great music because I, I like everything that's real and nothing that's like um, computerized so to speak Right. Uh, with you know loops and all that that's just not my taste my I grew up with you know hardcore well southern rock classic rock 90s country where it was all real people playing real instruments oh
2: yeah
0: what just some of the songs on there like what are some of the ones that maybe stand out more than others and what does it feel like to release i'll I'll say real music where so much of it's fabricated
2: you know for me good music is good music um I personally, I don't mind if it was made on a computer or or on a two inch tape machine. Um, you know, as long as the emotion comes across and the performance, um, and and it comes across then I'm okay with whatever. I mean, my iPod is, uh, it is wild. The things you go through on there, but, um, you know, man, like who we are, like, there's always been a little bit of, you know, like we've used sampling and stuff before, but, We've never made it in the forefront of a song, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Just an additive here and there, but I don't know, man. guitars, bass, drums, and vocals is what we've always done, I and mean, we don't really know how to do anything else. We can add stuff in here and there, but at the heart of it, what we do is is the organic thing, you know. And we just we we tried to do it this time with a more modern approach uh, to get a more sonic, you know, a modern sonic record.
0: You guys said you tracked it. Is that um, something you guys enjoy doing, or do you guys like actually playing together and then kind of you know layering? It? Do you guys have a f- preference with that?
2: Typically in the past, we've all played together, been layered stuff, um, you know. But what I liked about this this style of recording that we did this time was laying down a scratch track for John Fred to play to, um, you know, because a lot of times in modern rock the drums are the last thing put on the record. Um, but we didn't want to do that. We wanted to the build from the drums, but we wanted to give John Fred, you know, the un, uninterrupted attention to his parts and his performances um, that every other instrument had always gotten, you know? Mm-hmm. So what we did is we built these scratch tracks. You know, I would I would play my part to, uh, to kind of a loose metronome that was shakers and tambourines, and then a cowbell kind of in the back for the one, you know. But the the metronome was really more of a shaker tambourine feel, uh, kind of like a percussionist just keeping you in time. Uh-huh. So we would we would do guitar tracks. I would do a guitar. Ben would do a guitar. John would do bass, and we do a scratch vocal. Um, and then John Fred would go in and and lay down the drums. And what it allowed us to do was it allowed John Fred to hone in on parts, and us to double check things with him. You know. Like when we're doing vocals, everybody's in there listening. Um, but with this this record, the way we approached the recording process of it, everybody was in there, you know, full hands on, full ideas on every single aspect of the record.
0: Yeah, that that's great when it's a collaborative effort like that. And, and it that's news to me. I, i'm I come, I'm a musician, a drummer myself. So to hear that the drums yes. are laid last, I mean, I've that that's interesting because usually they're. There's a bassist or a guitarist kind of playing along with them to, to get that going and and to play along with like some scratch tracks. That's that's pretty interesting. And then to build from yeah, there. Yeah,
2: man, dude, it, it blew my mind. We were talking to our engineer, and he was like, "Hey, yeah, he's like most modern records, you know, the drum the drummers play into a full finished track without drums." And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I, I, I love the I love the idea of that because the drummers play into a perfect track. Right. Right. But there's also no room for working guitar parts around drums if you do that
0: mm-hmm. and we do
2: that a lot like John Fred is an insane drummer man and some of the licks he does we will do guitar you know runs with him and that was why we wanted to do scratch tracks that way he had a good drive and a good you know a good amount of energy to play to um, that weren't completely solidified so if we wanted to change something we could change it right there on the spot and then we could all go right back to focusing in on are the drums complementing the song or the guitar is complimenting the drums. You right. I mean? and it uh, it just allowed us to really dissect every instrument this time, man.
0: No, that's, that's great. I, I've heard parts of the album already and um, <clears throat> I'm really digging it. Are there any, and I'm not asking you to pick a song cause I know they're, they're all your babies, but are there any that stand out more that you're excited about than maybe some of the other ones that will need to be discovered a little more?
2: Man, I am excited for people to hear "Push Down in Time." Um, that song is r- probably the heaviest song on the record, and lyrically, it's a very very deep song. Um, you know, it, it addresses uh, mental health head on, um, and you know, I, I'm I'm an outspoken person about mental health, and especially men's mental health, because there's such an awful stigma around it all, man. Um, you know, I, and I I am a person who suffers, you know, I, I am a manic depressive who also suffers from severe anxiety and somehow manages to be the front man of a rock and roll band. I don't know <laughs> how it all works, but, uh, you know, man, I've, I've gone to a doctor now and, and taken medication for the last 10 years, but it's allowed me to get back to living a better life than I was before seeking help, you know? Uh, yeah. And that song is not saying everybody take pills, go to a doctor. But it, it is saying, you know, here's what worked for me. Find what works for you to find your happiness that is, is essentially the whole meaning behind that song. You know, find, find what works for you to find your happiness. You know, for what it's worth, for me, it was, it was opening up to a doctor.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that's very important, too. Um, I suffer from anxiety, too, and it, uh, it's tough. Do anything sometimes, (laughs) interviews, playing playing music, going out. You know, (laughs) it's definitely
2: days, you know, they're being manic depressive, man. It's either great or it's not, you know, right? Um, And it, uh, there's days you wake up, man, and like the minute you wake up, it just something feels off. And you know, you, but even with medication, yeah, I, I still have those days but I try to find ways to to keep myself doing something, to to keep moving and to keep my mind from, from wandering to the places that I don't like it. to.
0: Yeah, totally. And you know, rock and roll helps with that or all styles of music, really any, any type of
2: music. Yeah. I mean, dude, music, music is, uh, has been my saving grace my entire life. I mean, we're, Music's always there, I and mean, it, it, it has never let me down
0: and and it never will even though you can't perform like you're used to and people can't attend yeah. concerts like they're used to. the music is still there. Exactly, And and this album comes out uh, the, the 30 October 30th and uh, yes, it's available on a red transparent vinyl and a CD box set in digital. So that's um, yeah, that's something for fans to look forward to. But before I let you go, Chris, I just had a question for you. Were you inspired by Eddie Van Halen?
2: Uh, absolutely. You know, I've, I've never spoken about Eddie much when I do interviews because you know i I always mention Skynyrd and Hendrix because I've got tattoos of those bands, you know, and or I've always been outspoken about those, but I can without a doubt say that without Eddie Van Halen, I don't think I would have ever leapt into lead guitar like I did because listening to Van Halen 1, you got a guy that goes from Eruption, which is just a master class, and he rewrote, you know, aggressive electric guitar for well over two decades with that single performance. Um, and it's so over the top. But then at the same exact time, on that same exact record, you listen to Ain't Talking About Love, and it's one of the most simple solos you'll ever hear, but it served the song so well. And what it taught me was, you didn't have to do all of it all the time, you know? It, it taught me that there there are different you know, parts that speak totally differently in each song and cause he could have easily blistered, you know, a master class solo in ain't talking about love, but he chose to play that melody line instead, man. And it, that melody line inspired me to learn lead guitar, you know, so I'm forever grateful for that.
0: Yeah. Did, did you ever get to meet him?
2: I did not, man. I never got to meet Eddie or, or see him perform live, um, mm. which, you know, there's it, it's it's beginning, beginning to be entirely too many artists uh that i say that about you know but generally i'm on tour at the same time they are so it's it's yeah. not always easy
0: yeah absolutely well chris it was an absolute pleasure chatting did you have anything else you would like to add before we wrap things up
2: man just thanks for the chat and uh i hope everyone checks out the record and i hope they truly enjoy the record because we uh we, we worked really hard on it and uh we're just excited for people to hear man.
0: Well, Matt, yeah, uh, very uh, very thoughtful there about uh, Eddie Van Halen, and uh, rest in peace. Man, there'll never be another guy like him.
1: No. It, uh, you know, I, I thought it was sudden. I didn't realize he had cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I found, probably just from people memorializing him, found a really interesting interview that um, Neil Sean of Journey had done about having Van Halen as an opening act. And yeah. as fa- as fame comes and goes, it's hard to think of like Van Halen having opened for Journey because I think objectively one is in the pop culture a little bit more than the other now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's crazy to think about the kind of life he led. And he was young too. I think he was still in his 60s.
0: He was 65, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Cancer is a bitch. Cancer took Neil Peart. The end of last year, and it's taken so many. No, that was January K- this year. Re- oh, that just tells I you know. how long this year
0: Two, Two virtuosos just gone uh, like that. that. And, uh, you know, it, it just shows the impact that these people have, the impact that music has. And as Chris said, you know, in this interview, as you heard, that music is, we all need it. You know, sure. and, and releasing an album now is probably better than any time because this is all we've got. I mean, you know, there there's live streaming and stuff, but there's nothing like having music released weekly. Um, last week, Luke Combs released a deluxe edition of, you know, What You See Is What You Get with six additional songs, including Six Feet Apart. So it's like, yeah man music it's just so therapeutic and we all can relate you know we're all going through this tough time together so we all can relate to what how just how much it brings us together so it it was really chris was a blast he he was super sweet and kind and uh excited uh that this project's out so y'all need to go get the human connection at uh, digital and if you still by physical, like me, physical outlets, because uh, you're, you're going to want to add that if you're into that uh, style
1: of music. Exactly. So that is it for the Music Universe podcast today. I'm Matt. And i um, Buddy. Thanks for listening. Keep checking
0: out com for more and uh, check out Matt on Weekend Notes on YouTube and IGTV, as well as me on Notable Releases. And uh, check us out on social media and Brittany Vance hosts IG Live quite often. So check her out as well thanks for listening